welcome to On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. We on the Wet Coast are huge fans of sex toys. We have a large collection and use them regularly, both in solo play and with our partners. We've tried a lot of different things and have learned through extensive trial and error what types of toys work for us, since not every toy works for every body. On this episode of On the Wet Coast, Flick and myself, Kat Stark, talk about sex toys, how to find the best sex toy for you, and how to integrate toys into your sexy times with others. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash on the wet coast. You can tweet along with us, hashtag on the wet coast. You can follow us on Twitter at wet coast cat, that's cat with a K, at Sirius Flick at on the wet coast. Read blogs, reviews, and more at on the wet coast.com. Email us comments or questions, contact at on the wet coast.com. And if you like what we're doing, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite platform. It makes a huge difference for us. Thanks. Also, I wrote a motherfucking book. Check out Yelling in Pasties, The Wet Coast Confessions of an Anxious Slut on Amazon.com or check out OnTheWetCoast.com for links to other marketplaces. Mmm, sex toys. They're definitely one of our favorite things to spend money on. They're incredibly fun, useful, often beautiful, and they help give us orgasms. What's not to love? So we uh, we we've we've spent a lot of money on sex toys the last couple of years. Yeah, kind of a kind of a shocking amount. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I don't I don't think of myself as a collector. Like I don't tend to collect um, other kinds of toys. Uh, yeah, it's just it's not really a thing I do. But apparently, it is true about sex toys. I just had not yet found my thing. Well, I think uh, it. it I, I remember at. Um, at some parties, how fun it is to like, you know, set up sex toys and like, you know, uh, ogle them and ask questions and kind of, you know, do a little show and tell with the toys. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I also think that there's kind of like, uh, a thing with sex toys. It's like trying to find the perfect backpack. Yes. Right. Like you, you end up with so many backpacks because, one backpack cannot be the perfect backpack. It yeah. is going to be good for some things and terrible for others. Yeah. You need like four decent backpacks. Yeah, you need four decent backpacks or about 40 decent sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, like the the, the thing about, um, about a lot of the, the sex toys um, that you used to buy is you were often, you know, uh, looking to find something that will would give you a better orgasm than the magic wand and but you, there just really wasn't anything that did that for you uh until the doxy which is kind of like the magic wand on steroids mm -hmm. yeah and even still like i'm not even sure if it's the magic wand on steroids maybe just the magic wand on some some decent performance enhancing <laughs> drugs like I like 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 you know the 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 magic wand after like a, a sensible uh, workout regimen yes. for a few months. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like it we'll talk in more detail. I feel like it, it it's fantastic. I love it, but it didn't change my life and my orgasms the way that I had expected. You know, like a light from the heavens and the angels singing um, <laughs> as as I orgasmed from the doxy the first time, and that just wasn't the case. Like it's fantastic, but it it yeah, it didn't change my life.
So um, we're going to talk uh, a bit about the, you know, the quality of toys, how to know, um, you know, what to buy um, and where to buy it and a little bit about using toys, both on your own and with partners. So with toy quality, uh, we're most concerned about the materials that go into the toys and body safe is our number one thing. There are a, a lot, a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of bad sex toys out there that are made of terrible, terrible products that you do not want in your body. Um, A lot of the time, the really inexpensive ones are not made of body safe materials. And they leach chemicals that can actually burn the skin, leaving like really awful blisters. And on the tender mucous membranes of your genitals, you just do not want uh, chemicals that are going to leave burns. No, and and uh, you know some of the time these these cheap materials, you can you can just smell them. You, yeah. you, you When you smell them, it's like you wouldn't want to put that in your mouth. So if you wouldn't want to put it in your mouth, you wouldn't want to put it in your body. Yeah. But um but you know um the generally you, you want to make sure you're just buying from reputable manufacturers. Um there are you know there are other concerns with um with uh metal toys. Uh sometimes you think okay it's stainless steel, but again if it's a cheap version, if it's you know a knockoff of a stainless steel enjoy toy, there you know there might be problems with the surface. It's mm. not it's not manufactured with the same kind of care and it's like okay this is supposed to go in my ass, but it actually has something that might actually scratch me inside mm-hmm. and, and yeah. you know so so if you're if you're buying a stainless steel toy um, and you know it's it's uh, and, and you don't really know the the reputation of the manufacturer, make sure you inspect it and have a look. Make sure that there's no flaws in it that, mm-hmm. are, that, are, that could actually cause injury. And there are, there are no regulations in the industry, so it's really you know manufacturers can say whatever they want about the materials that are in it. Um, they can say they say all the time that things um, that are made of jelly, which is one of the particularly bad ones, are body safe, and it's just it's simply not. Um, so yeah, reputable manufacturers. Although there are plenty of reputable manufacturers who make high and low end toys. Yeah. Um, so you know it's it's better if you can to go to the to the higher end manufacturers, but um, companies like what is that? California exotics or something like that. They, they make some decent silicone toys, um, that are a little more price sensitive, but they also make a lot of crappy stuff too. So, so. yeah, I remember seeing like a, like a lot of, uh, uh, it's less common nowadays, but, um, there were toys that were actually just plastic and they would have like, you know, you'd actually see the, the seam on it from Mm -hmm. the plastic molding and stuff. You know, they were, they're really the same kind of plastic that you make like, um, you know, um, kids toys out of. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like not really particularly body safe. Yeah. So, you know, our favorites and generally the safest options are silicone, stainless steel and glass. Um, there are concerns about glass as well with cheap manufacturers that it can um structurally it's not always as sound as you would like and especially for dildos and stuff that are a little longer and might have a, a little more torque put on them uh there can be concerns that 
uh, the, the glass can break. Oh, jeez. Uh, that sounds like, like a nightmare. Could snap um, sort of with the, the torque put along the line of it. So, you know, again, inspecting your toys on a really regular basis to make sure there aren't flaws in them. And um, if something is, is starting to seem a little dodgy, then maybe stop using that one. Um, so we like those materials because there's no chemical leaching and they can be sterilized really easily. You can throw them in the dishwasher, you can put them in boiling water, or you can use a, a bleach spray, a 10% bleach spray to uh, sterilize them. And they're completely, they're not porous, so they're not going to absorb anything. ABS plastic is another thing that's used a lot in things like the WeVibe Tango. That's uh, a very popular clip vibe, uh, probably the rumbliest small clit vibe that's out there (laughs) um, and very, very popular. Um, And yeah, so it's ABS plastic, uh, which is a pretty safe, like it doesn't leach chemicals, but it's not entirely uh, non-porous. So, you know, it can potentially absorb some things. So you just want to, you know, wash it well and and keep an eye on it. I think the motor would go on that before. (laughs) There'd be too much concern. But but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something that you want to think about. Uh, but we totally get that the toys are really expensive and they're a luxury item. Yes. And spending a lot of money on on toys, especially when you don't know whether they're going to work for your body, is is challenging. And Yeah, it's a, it's it's something that carries a certain amount of risk with a purchase, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know, especially having having no idea what works for your body, having no idea what, you know, what might be um what might have any quality to it at all? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I bought um, I bought a um, a butt plug which has you know fantastic um, Bluetooth capabilities. Mm-hmm. You know, really better than anything. I, you know, you, you, there's there's a reputation with uh, Bluetooth toys that they they just don't work. But yeah. the antenna on this is fantastic. However. I've just found it really uncomfortable. It's, yeah. you know, it, it turned out to not be a great toy for me. Um, despite a lot, you know, it, it's, it's got a lot of power. It's got a lot of versatility, but the, the shape just doesn't work for me. Yeah. So it might be a great toy. Uh-huh. It's just not a great toy for you. Um, as is like the, the Wii Vibe Tango that we were just talking about. It, it's a fantastic little rumbly bullet vibe. And I know so many people who that is their absolute go to. But it's just not powerful enough for me. And so, yeah, there's no point me having that, even though it's a great toy. And I would recommend it to people who like clit stim in that way. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just not going to do me any good. So, um, you know, one thing you do, you can do with toys that you're not entirely sure the quality of the materials or what the materials are. Uh, is to use condoms on it. Yeah. Um, that's also something you can do if you're sharing um, or if it can't easily be sterilized. Um, some, uh, the, the original Magic Wand, as well as a lot of the knockoffs that you might buy on Amazon, have a real foamy head, which is super porous. Yeah, yeah. It's not the, it's not the silicone that most of the uh, wand manufacturers have gone to now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, any of those kinds of things, you know, you can put a condom on it. If, if the chemicals are dodgy enough, they could potentially leak through the condom. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good, uh, good option for, for some of the things like the TPR, which I can't remember what it stands for. And I think TPE is the other that um, they're different types of, of rubber, 
material that are fairly stable and they're kind of a good middle ground. But generally, if I'm using toys that are made like that, like the, that's what the material for the magic wand head that fits on the double ended dildo. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That it's yeah. meant to be like a, a stroker for a biocock, but we use, uh, we put a big double ended silicone dildo through it. And um, thanks to Peach for that yes. one. Oh, goodness. Thank <laughs> you, Peach. Um, and so, yeah, we, we do that and put the magic wand in that or the doxy, and it, it's a fantastic thing, but it's made of that. Um, I think it's TPR. And yeah, we just make sure to cover those bits with a condom. And I, Someone did report recently on Twitter, uh, it might have been the Big Gay Review in the UK, that he had left um, one of those cups, um, the strokers, on his, I think the head of his doxy, and it like ate through. Oh, yeah, it, par- it partly dissolved yeah. the, the, the surface. He left it for two or three weeks without paying attention, and it did. So, you know, these, these materials are reactive and and I'm willing to to cover it with a condom and use it for a little while. But yeah, you want to make sure you separate everything right away. You know, and uh, another consideration um, with materials is, uh, do you plan on using silicon lube? So yes. um, with stainless steel toys, silicon lube is not a problem. Yeah. And in fact, it's, it's pretty, is pretty effective. But for, for silicon toys, Silicon lube is going to damage them pretty extensively. It's going to, you know, uh, kind of um, deteriorate the curing. Mm-hmm. And and so using condoms on silicon toys, if you're using silicon lube. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way to, to get around that. But yeah, generally, if you open up the package and it smells really terrible, <laughs> that's a good sign that what you have is made of a questionable material. Because, yeah, silicone just doesn't smell like anything um and uh awesome sex blogger dangerous lily has done a lot of research about toy safety and you can get yourself really kind of horrified if you spend um (laughs) a lot of time on her website reading things about toy materials but um she's yeah I, i definitely recommend her blog and and her website um which is dangerouslily.com. That's Lily with two L's. And she's just got so much information on toy safety, but she's done experiments by chopping up different kinds of toys and leaving them in jars for extended periods of time. And the jar of horrors that she has from the jelly toys and stuff is is quite a sight to see. And uh, yeah, I definitely recommend taking a look at that if, <laughs> if you're thinking about putting those kinds of toys uh, on your bits. Or if you just enjoy being horrified for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. But she's she's very smart and very funny and she's done a lot of work on this stuff. So dangerouslily.com. So where are some good places to buy toys? You know, uh, in some cases, your friendly local sex toy shop um, may be really great. But some of them, you know, they may not have people that are actually experts in what they do. Yeah. You know, Obviously, if you can, you know, going to a feminist brick and mortar store that has a lot of uh, information and knowledgeable staff is is the ideal. And it also helps us keep those places in business. So they tend to also have great education and lots of other stuff. So, you know, it is fantastic if if that's an option. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like... Um 
when I can, I do like to to buy from them. You know, whether what you know, if, uh, whether it's you know when I need lube or going in and and need you know need some advice on something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's great to have them around because you know they they do offer a lot of great advice and a lot of help. And um, you know, so uh, sometimes uh, you know sometimes the prices on those are more than what you might pay online. But I feel like it's worth it for the for the assistance that you get. Yeah. You know, and and the sort of the the surety of of what you're getting, right? That you know that you're when you're buying it, you're yeah. not buying uh, you know, a clone of unknown origin. Yeah, for sure. And our local shop women's wear has been such a source of information for me over the years. And when I was first learning about sex toys, they were a huge part of of my education and knowing about the different materials and knowing about the different kinds. And um, so, yeah, it, they've really been invaluable for me as far as, as learning about that stuff. So uh, if you've got one in your, in your area and it tends to be, you know, bigger cities, you're more likely to, to have uh, shops like good vibrations or come as you are or early to bed or lots of these, you know, I'm missing a million of them, but there's so <laughs> many great stores out there. Um, so, you know, if you can support those places, awesome. But, you know, there's also the reality of, of location and, you know, it just no, comes down true. to money sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm guessing that with some of the chains, the experience probably varies by specific store yeah. and specific staff. When uh, when I was in Phoenix, we went to uh, a Castle Mega store and the staff was fantastic, like just so great, so knowledgeable and so well-educated. And so excited to talk to sex geeks about yeah. sex toys, um, but uh, you know I'm not I'm not I can't speak to whether that is a, a common experience in Castle Mega Store because it's a big chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but Amazon.com is definitely not the place to buy your sex toys. You know they might be cheap, but you have no idea what you're getting. And they're pretty notorious for having a lot of clones and fakes. And and that's, you know, years ago, I bought a replacement magic wand after I burned the motor out of mine. And um, yeah, just as soon as I picked it up, um, even the box, I was like, mm, I don't think this is real. <laughs> um, because it was just too light. Like the motor on the magic wand means that sucker weighs a ton. And I picked up this box and it was really light. And yeah, it just like it was a knockoff. It looked like a magic wand. It had all the the packaging and stuff like that. But it was it was a clone and not wow. a real one. And it, yeah, it just did not have the rumble I needed to get off. And and so yeah, it's that's something to be very aware of uh, if you decide to to shop on Amazon for for sex toys. Yeah. Now you 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 gave that that old clone to Iris, and she's no. No, I gave that to somebody else and bought from Adam and Eve. I bought their Adam and Eve brand. Oh, their their their, their in store brand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, got it. And that was the one I eventually gave to Iris. Got it. Um, when I got the rechargeable <laughs> <laughs> magic wand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have spent a lot of money on sex toys, but orgasms are are important. <laughs> <laughs> in general, quality sex toys do cost more. Mm-hmm. And you know, and to some extent, you do get what you pay for, right? There, um, the money that goes into research and development, the, the you know, the cost of the materials, the cost of the the, um, the manufacturing, um, 
it does bring the price up as well as, you know, marketing and having a presence as, yeah. as a, uh, you know, a viable company. Yeah. The other advantage of going into stores is actually getting to touch things. Yes. Um, it's like going in and, and checking out the different things, like figuring out what, what feels good in your hand. Like what, what are you going to pick up and be like, yeah, I want to play with this. Uh, because if you have preferences about colors, like a lot of sex toys are pink, um, <laughs> a, you know, it's a thing. Uh, a lot of sex toys are purple is also a thing. It seemed to be like companies were like, okay, well, we're not making the, we're not making pink. No, pink, pink that we're not, you know, suck pink but we're progressive yeah so they're all purple and you know (laughs) some people really hate the color purple and possibly because all sex toys seem to be purple so you know you want to find something that the aesthetics appeal to you because if you pick up this you know this dong that you don't want to put in your body you're not going to want to put it in your body so it's i think you know being able to go and and touch things and feel the weight and and imagine what it's like and feel the rumble if if you're getting vibrators to get a sense of of what might work for your body, yeah. it's well, it's and so and with uh, with dildos, you know, it is really hard to judge size. Yes, um, you know that that said, going into a store, it can be hard to judge size because your um, it distorts your perspective, yes. right? So seeing all these things that are you know the size size of an arm, yeah. then something that it you know that might seem more more modest and um, you know it turns out to actually be incredibly huge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can you can get your your sense of perspective kind of skewed <laughs> a bit, um, which has definitely happened to me. And come home being like, oh no, this one is really modest, and then been like, oh wow, that I can barely fit that in my pussy. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, that that definitely can happen uh, in in the stores. Um, did you get lost? I did. I, yeah. I just kind of lost my yeah. My but you know, and, and and also kind of um, you know being able to see okay how you know how flexible is this toy, how squishy is this toy. Um, but you know sometimes you can't you can't uh, really go by reputation, right? There was. Um, there's a a wand toy that's fairly new. I think it's called Le Wand, and um, you know, and and uh, it's it, it you know it, it got some some positive reviews and buzz. Um, but speaking of buzz, uh, it turned out to be a pretty buzzy toy. Mm. Uh, trying it in the store, and you know, since I was actually shopping for a doxy for you. Um, you know, a buzzy toy was absolutely yeah. not going to do it. No, it's not going to do it. And, you know, and the, and the clerk seemed baffled at the fact that, you know, we, um, Iris and I, we picked up the toy and we turned it on. We're like, we're like, yeah, this is fairly buzzy. And she just seemed really confused about what was going on. Yeah. If rumble versus bus isn't relevant to you, you're not going to think anything of it. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, when when like me, rumble is everything in a in a vibrator, um yeah, the buzz isn't going to isn't going to do it. Um the the thing that I was thinking of when I lost my train of thought was um buying online also sizing measurements and and size specifications are not at all consistent. Yeah. They Well, sometimes they're complete bullshit. Yeah. Like I I think I I think sometimes they're guessing. somebody guessed it. Yeah. yeah, they don't fucking measure it. They they're just guessing like, yeah, that looks like about 6 inches and you get it and it's 4 or you get it and it's 9. It's, yeah. 
So they there's no consistency in like insertable length versus like length from base to tip mm-hmm. um, in things like dildos that sometimes there's there's a big flared base and there's testicles and there's all sorts of things and it says it's seven inches and you don't know whether that seven inches is an insertable seven inches or from from top to tip so it's um, yeah that you know it's tricky. I mean, depending on your flexibility, anything could be insertable length. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, Why did that derail you so badly? It's also worth uh, looking into the brands uh, before buying a bunch of things. You know, there's a there's companies that make a lot of really popular products that uh, they kind of you know slightly made some dodgy choices, or the owners have gone on Instagram tirades, you know, about women and body hair and uh, body I- shape and stuff like that, and you just you know maybe don't really want to buy products from these companies yeah i've seen i've seen some like you know kind of quote hilarious twitter marketing from companies that was like super body shamey yeah and you know and and it's like it's like you know wait a minute you you only want a certain type of person to buy this toy and yeah um and yeah it's like um it's it's really it's really gross and and annoying when they they're just uh, shaming. It's like it's like, hey, if you look like this, then you know you're not welcome to buy our toys. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we just I try to avoid companies like that, and you know, companies like Lilo that hired you know uh, Charlie Sheen, who's you know an abuser, and to promote their hex condom uh, in the advertising campaign. And yeah, it's just not only are the hex condoms just kind of questionable because you know they're. If they get a hole in it, you might not know because of their design, which I don't know how that's better. But um, it, yeah, having him as the marketing thing, it's just like, I just, I don't want to buy products from them. And and they'd had a, a reputation for really good toys up to that point. Um, but yeah, it's, you just want to to think about what what you might be looking for yeah we'd also like to see sex toy manufacturers move towards um you know a uh, a broader idea of um of gender and sexuality yes uh, a lot of sex toys are are super gendered in ways that um that are that are you know alienating for people with uh with different types of bodies mm-hmm. oh yeah like this is for men this yep. is for women and these are all pink and this is yeah it's yeah. just so, you know, you'll, there are so many fantastic companies out there doing it really well. So we just do what we can to try to give them our money. As we've touched on a little bit, uh, getting the right toy for the right body part is a really important thing. Yeah, it's um, we, we've talked a little bit about, you know, knowing knowing what works for you. But, um, you know, there there are a lot of different types of toys out there yeah uh one of the you know i I remember when when uh, when we were younger 
people talked a lot about rabbit toys because mm. it's like it's insertable. The rabbit pearl. The rabbit pearl. Yeah, it, it it's insertable and it has this rotating sort of bead thing that stimulates the G spot, and then it, the the rabbit thing is this this little flange that comes out, sort of rabbit shaped, that stimulates the clit and. Yeah. Um, and people often found it very mind blowing and sort of life changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of those rabbit toys were, you know, were and continue to be pretty cheaply made, you know, bad materials and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and tend to tend to die pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one that's silicone. There might be one out there, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah. No, some some of the some of the ideas of it have been integrated into some pretty fantastic yes. toys. You know, yeah. the the idea of stimulating different parts at once, the you know, mm-hmm. the bead rotation has been in a lot of, you know, good quality toys. Yeah. Um, you know, so sort of some of the broad categories of toys might include uh, you know, dildos. Um some dildos do have a um, a spot for inserting a bullet vibe. Yeah. A bullet vibe is another type of toy, which is, you know, a, a very small vibrator. Um, yeah. Sometimes people, you know, buy these as cheap toys just to, you know, stick on your clit. Um, but, you know, they, the the uh, design is really to insert in these, in these uh, other dildos to turn them into vibrators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those, those bullet vibes can also be used for nipples and, mm-hmm. and other things like that. Um. So there's also vibrators that are specific for the G spot. So they usually have a bit more of a curve in them. So, and they may even have like multi kind of prong things. So there's an outer motor that's going to hit your clit, and then there's an inner inner motor that's going to be more G spot specific. And yeah, there's kind of like an asymmetrical wishbone sort of design yeah, to them. Yeah, yeah, that works pretty well. And yeah. and things like the rabbit pearl were kind of yeah instrumental in in sort of showing that dual yes. dual motor, motor dual design thing um that just got improved on with time yeah and there there are a lot of non-vibrating toys which are designed for the g-spot yeah. uh you know the lollipops oh yeah, um, yeah like the, the pure wand the enjoy pure wand yeah um arguably the enjoy 11 you know is mm-hmm. is a you know very you know it's a uh, a very strong and powerful um uh, G-spot stimulators, you know, as well as just being a, a giant toy. Yeah, just a big old dildo. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we've got butt plugs and, and other types of butt toys, whether it's beads or or that kind of thing, those um, the sort of silicone uh, things that are a little bit like beads that have uh, various little flares on them of often increasing size. Yeah, that, I mean, uh, arguably almost anything could be a butt toy like you know if you if it's got a flared base yeah if it's got a flared base or something else that keeps it from being you know uh, the potential of of going up there and being unrecoverable yeah. and requiring a, a trip to the hospital and an embarrassing conversation with the with a physician yeah yeah ideally you don't want to be in in those uh, x-ray uh, <laughs> pictures that get passed around of the things people have stuck up their butts yeah don't put a little car in your butt <laughs> And then also the wand massagers, like, you know, the the classic uh, magic wand and the doxy. And there's a lot of other companies uh, making the wand massagers. Yeah, it's kind of become a category, right? Like where, oh, sure. where at one time it was, you know, there was all the other sex toys in the world. And then there was the Hitachi magic wand. Yeah. And now the magic wand is a is a broad category of, of toys. 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, varying sizes and there's some of the ones that you wouldn't think are actually all that powerful, like the, the palm, yeah. uh, palm power that is a very small wand massager, but, but has a lot of punch. Now, um, how do you feel about the palm power in terms of its rumble versus buzz? Oh, it's very buzzy. Right. Um, but it's powerful as right. shit. So the its power overcomes a certain amount of its buzz. So right. I can actually orgasm with that. Um, it's probably going to take me a while because it's not that rumbly and it's not that big. And I need that that big yeah. spread out sensation for me. Whereas... Um, it's probably really uh, particularly great if you like really focus clit stim- stimulation. And, and that is Elle's thing. And she loves that. Um, that is her toy. And so that is the one that, that really works for her because she just that really focused clit stim. Yeah. And um, one of the most powerful ones for focus. One of yeah. the most powerful ones and very focused and very direct. So it's fantastic for her. So it's, you know, there's lots of great options and just depending what works in your body. Um, and I was just talking to someone the other day who was using one of the one massagers um, that was like, you know, a really, really good quality one. But and quite rumbly, but if she pressed it against herself very hard, it stopped. Well, what? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I was just like, well, what good is this toy? You know, because again, like I need that rumble and I press it against me as hard as I possibly can. And so, with wow. that particular manufacturer, they seem to think that rumble was good, but that, you know, it that pressure against it was probably it overheats the motor, which is, I think why, you know, I end up going through them, Um, (laughs) but you know, that's just what works for my body. So it, you know, you need to find out things like, you know, is it rumbly and does it turn off when you press it hard against you? Because I've, I've had other toys that I've thought the batteries were dying or something like that. And then I've changed them out and it turns out, no, that's just a thing that happens with that particular toy is if you press it against you hard enough for me to get off, um, it shuts down the motor. Now, some also have auto shut off. You, you actually thought that, that a toy was, was dead. It was the rechargeable magic one. Yeah. Yeah, And you know, because um, I actually, I think, some toys actually come with recommendations for only use it this oh, yeah. long because, you know, otherwise you, you might start a fire or something. And I've I've worn skin off. I've <laughs> like I've been really chafed and sore multiple times from using toys beyond their recommended <laughs> usage time. Yeah. Um, but orgasms. <laughs> so figuring out what dildos work best for you for strap-ons or for mm. or your partners. Right. There's often, you know, you want to have a, a selection if possible. You, you know, you might just have a go-to dildo that that is the one that you always use. And and much like a biocock, people like when they're they're there, that's what they get with you. And that's totally fine and legitimate. Um, but, you know, other times it's nice to have uh, a few select ones that uh, people can like choose their dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some people actually um, have one that they prefer to be used on them. Yeah. So they, they might bring it to date saying, you know, hey, well, you use this one. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of requires you to know what you like in a strap-on. Um, yeah. And, you know, considerations are firmness and texture and obviously length and girth. 
um, for for you know for anal stuff, uh, especially for for beginners. We've talked about this before. Sometimes uh, people think, okay, I just want to go as small as I possibly can, mm-hmm. and so some of the starter strap-on toys are not really you know not much bigger than a large finger, but um, but you might actually find that less comfortable than something that's a bit bigger. Number one, smaller might feel pokey. Mm. Uh, number two, any you know if it's too short, then you will get you know, a lot of that sort of, uh, you know, the sensation that you get when it's first inserted, which yes. can be the most uncomfortable part of the whole experience. So, yeah. so, you know, sometimes something that is, you know, maybe just a little bit bigger than you think is ideal for starting might be better. You know, mm-hmm. if you've tried something and, and it's uncomfortable, maybe try something just, just a tiny bit bigger because, you know, longer means it will stay in easier. Yeah. And and wider means it will kind of keep you dilated more effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And like as long as you go really slow and, and get warmed up and, and get prepared for it, then often the size is less alarming, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and especially as, you know, the the wielder of said dildo, because I don't have the, you know, proprioception of a biocock it's often hard for me to know when I'm getting to that slipping out kind of place, Mm -hmm. you know? So with a longer toy, I'm going to have more range of motion to work within my thrusts to, you know, make sure it's staying inside. Yeah. If it's, if it's too short, you might just like shift a little bit because your knee is getting tired and it'll pop right out. And then you got to go through the insertion process again, which if you love that part of it, then sure, you know, pop it out and then back in again. But you know, that can be uncomfortable. So we've definitely talked a fair bit about Rumble versus Buzz because, you know, that's relevant for me. I am a Rumble gal. Um, You know, clit versus G-spot. You know, sometimes people like, you know, all of the above. But, (laughs) you know, different people have different sort of go-to. And there's a difference between, like, what you like in some variety and what is your, like, I just need to get off. Mm, That's that's Um, a good point. Yeah, like, you know, some things you might enjoy – but sometimes you just want that thing that is that is going to get you off as, as soon as you can. Yeah, it's like, I need to get to sleep tonight. I'm a little wound up. I want an orgasm. So <laughs> that is often, like, if you, if you analyze the way that you orgasm um, or the way that you masturbate in those moments, it's a really good way to tell you what you might be looking for in a toy. Yeah. Like, if you just go to town on your clit in that situation, you know, a really buzzy clit vibe might be perfect for you if you stick your fingers inside and go that way maybe something more g-spot oriented you know like it's it's a good way to get a sense of of how you get off or if like me you just lie on top of your on your rumbly wand you know that's that's your way to go so that can be a really good sense of of what kind of toys might work for you yeah you know and and um and sometimes um though it's it's like not just what type of toy, but how do I use it, right? Yeah. So you might think, oh, I don't like this toy because I don't like it on my clit. Well, you know, what if you move it down and it's less direct, yeah. right? And so you're getting indirect clit stimulation um, and sort of more on your vulva. So uh, so there, you know, try 
try doing things, you know, a little bit differently than than the obvious, and you might find that something actually works for you really well. Yeah, or maybe on somebody's testicles, or yep. like on someone's penis, or on nipples, or, you know, there might be places that, that these things work, but, you know, just aren't, you know, the, the expected Place. Yeah, for for butt stuff, you know, a consideration is, you know, how direct do you like prostate stimulation? Yeah, right? like whether whether you 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 know you really enjoy it um, right on your prostate versus you know versus myself, I don't I don't really like uh, my prostate being stimulated directly. So yeah. um, that that affects the type of toys that I like and yeah. the positions that I that I like. Yeah. So, you know, it is definitely tricky to to figure this piece out. And, and I have bought a lot of toys that don't work for me. Yeah. And one of the great things about not being non about being non-monogamous is that I can pass a lot of those along uh, because people aren't that squicked out by it. So I can be to part say to partners like, hey, I have this toy that doesn't work for me. Your body seems to work like this. Would you like it? And they're like, wee, free toy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that can be can be a thing. Um, but you know, you will probably find that you do have to have some trial and error. And it's really great if you have sexy friends who like to share toys, if you can go to play parties where people, you know, are comfortable with sharing toys, uh, you can get a sense of trying a bunch of stuff and, and figure out what, what might work for you or what might not. Yeah. Like the, the, uh, the oscillator, which is, you know, a killer oscillator, the the oscillator. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is a killer app for some people, sex toy designed by Dr. Ruth. And, you know, and you got a chance to try it because a friend had it and, um, you know, and, and I think you described it as, you know, nice, but wasn't really moving you towards orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. That's Raina's favorite toy. And she, like, she finds vibration makes her go numb. So that is like the oscillating thing that that toy does is fantastic for her. And I think I could have, if I'd been like by myself and had had enough time, like it was in that sort of party situation and positioning, like I, I wasn't able to get there, but it, it might have in a different situation worked for me, but I just, yeah, I couldn't quite get there. Um, and the same with the, the suction, that was another one we didn't talk about that. Um, oh yeah. Like the, that other the, type. The, the womanizer and the satisfier that have the, the suctiony kind of sensation that's very clit specific. Yeah. Like it felt really good. Yeah. But the only time I had the, the penguin, um, the one, was the one that I, that I got close, um, on the first version of the penguin, the one without the cute little bow tie, um, the uh yeah it felt really good but the only time i had an orgasm with it was when you and i were just getting off together and you came mm. and i came but also but. the other night you know we were just lying in bed together and you came and i came yes <laughs> so um that may not have been toy specific and i was never able to recreate that um that experience with that toy i was never able to have an orgasm again um with that toy you know and it it feels really nice it's very it's a very enjoyable sensation um and i know a lot of people just sploosh like crazy with that one but you know it just doesn't quite work because i'm not a particularly clit specific person yeah i i know i know many people who who uh, either don't have orgasms from toys or have a hard time having orgasms for toys that just went nuts with the womanizer like just a few minutes of that and boom they were good yeah so i think we're going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to talk about 
Uh, some ideas for using toys on your own and with partners. Nearly 20 years into her marriage, Kat and her husband faced head-on the great underlying fear of most monogamous people. My partner wants to have sex with other people. For them, that truth led to a roller coaster of new sexual and romantic adventures. After starting things off with a fun and friendly threesome, this couple explore ethical non-monogamy through swinging, casual sex, group sex, solo dating, and eventually stumble into polyamory. In her new book, Yelling in Pasties, The Wet Coast Confessions of an Anxious Slut, Kat Stark tells the story of her first three years in non-monogamy, how her life and relationships evolved, from the dirty, dirty sex to the heartbreak, and back again, without glossing over the parts where she upped it right up. Join Cat on her very sexy journey by buying Yelling in Pasties, available at Amazon. Find out more at onthewetcoast.com. And we're back on the Wet Coast talking about sex toys. Whee! <laughs> so I really think it's great to try toys on your own in the beginning. Uh, especially if you're a bit shy uh, about introducing them to your partner or just like trying to get a feel for them. I find that I'm, you know, anxious. And so I like to just get a sense of how something's going to work before I try to integrate it with another person because it's like, oh, if I'm worried about how you're feeling and then I'm trying to figure this out, like it's just it's going to be harder for me to to get into it. So I like to check things out on my on my own first. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised by how many people, um, even in you know, kind of uh, open relationships or sex positive or kinky, who still have this kind of stigma and shame around sex toys. Right? It's oh, like they, they figure we have sex, so why yeah, do we need toys? Yeah, why do we need toys? We, you know, I've got I've got a partner. You know, I've you know, um, I I remember uh, dating one gal and you know, uh, sort of talking to her about sex toys, and she's like, she's like, well, I I just kind of you know, uh, phone a friend if if I if I mm. need to, and it's like, well, um, you know, that's that's not really what sex toys are about. It's, no, it's not. You know, it's not just because you're you're lonely. It's like you know a different way of experiencing sexuality. Yeah, yeah, and I just I, f- I feel like you're missing out on so much. Yeah, for sure. Because um, you know, yeah, my 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 use of toys is absolutely not about like not getting enough like real sex. <laughs> you know, like it, that is that is not it at all. Like they they are sex and and they are a big part of my sexuality and and what works for me but you know i know a lot of people kind of feel like they don't masturbate when they're in relationships and stuff like that because you know that they're getting that elsewhere so yeah and and even even people who do feel comfortable masturbating there's still that hang up like sex toys hurt you know i don't know for particularly slutty people or something Yeah. yeah And I mean, if that's true, well, then who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, it. I I find that it it works better to try it on my own first, and then when I am with someone, I can be like, "Hey, I got this new toy. Um, would you like to use it with me? This is how you do it, or would you like to watch me? You know, yeah. this is this is a thing that I do. So that you know, it can be it can be a lot of fun. Like once I've figured out what works, well, and and it's also a way to learn how you work, right? Yeah. So what types of stimulation um, might lead me to orgasm, and you know, and so sometimes uh, using toys 
can kind of unlock sensations because it's almost like training your body to respond. So, um, so, you know, some women who, who may have trouble with, uh, with orgasm for various reasons, once they've kind of started orgasming from playing with toys, they can, they can, uh, find themselves getting more pleasure with partners as well. Yeah. What, you know, with or without sex toys. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there, there's, there's that, that thing of just, you know, okay. Oh, okay. I can have an orgasm. I can enjoy this sensation. Yeah. So getting over that, that, uh, mental, uh, hill of, of having orgasms. Yeah. Getting um, over the yips. Yeah. And I think also it can be worthwhile to, especially I find when I am a little uh, dealing with a bit of depression or I'm just stressed out of my mind. I tend to lose my libido. Mm. And so using toys and masturbating, sort of whether I necessarily want to or not, (laughs) um, whether I'm feeling like, oh, I'm horny, I want to masturbate. I find that I use toys and and I masturbate just as a way to keep that part of my body running when it doesn't really want to. Yeah, it's true. I do the same thing. Like just trying to keep my libido at, you know, above a certain baseline level, you know, and, and yeah, like, uh, if you're depressed, if you have a lot of stress, then, you know, you might not necessarily, you know, feel the inclination. Yeah. I'm not craving it. Yeah. Uh, the way that I normally do. So yeah, it, it can be useful for that. And, you know, with doing butt stuff, uh, it you know toys butt plugs all the different things can be a really good way to to keep yourself you know conditioned and open and and tolerant of well and familiar with the and, sensation yeah, yeah. You know, like like one of the one of the things about butt stuff especially you know uh anal penetration is uh, the sensations can be really unfamiliar and kind yeah. of confusing. And so, you know, if that's the type, if you want to engage in that kind of play with partners, trying that out solo, you know, knowing, you know, kind of having complete control over starting and stopping or pausing mm-hmm. can help you get used to those things, you know, as well as, you know, kind of getting, getting used to, to opening up, obviously, um, you know, but, but for, uh, for me, um, you know, I was, uh, I was really sort of anxious and reticent about that, but, you know, many years ago I, I was like, well, I'd, I'd like to, to, uh, try getting pegged because this is something that Kat is really interested in and doing solo anal play really helped me to get actually enthusiastic about that as opposed to just kind of, you know, willing and nervous. Yeah. Cause you discovered it could be a source of pleasure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you start reframing sort of your mindset about the whole thing is like, oh, this is a pleasure thing. This isn't, you know, a I'm doing this obligation partner thing. So using toys with partners, some people do have a lot of nerves about presenting toys to a partner. Like, I would like you to use this thing on me or with me um, or watching me doing that. So like so many of the things that we've talked about in in many episodes, you know, presenting it as something fun that you get to do together as opposed to the cancer diagnosis model of talking to someone. It's like, so I'd like to do this thing. It's okay if you don't want to, you know, just just Um, the serious with a lot of caveats doesn't, doesn't always create a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. So it's like, oh my goodness, I have this thing, I want to try it. And it doesn't mean that they're going to be enthusiastic as well. Yeah. 
And it doesn't mean that you won't potentially get some weird, shamey responses. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people just need some time to think about it. They they might not know sort of what you mean. They might not get it. So it's important to present it this way, but also to be prepared that you might not get the response that you were hoping yeah. for. Yeah, I, I think that there's there's kind of a like a couple of different common hang-ups about using toys, especially with partners. You know, um, from a uh, you know from a, from a man's side, it's like you know, oh, am I unnecessary? Yeah. And um, uh, from a woman's side, it's it's like you know, um, this this is something that lonely women use. And so, you know, um, getting, uh, you know, and, and also the, you know, the, the, um, protecting of fragile male feelings. So between those, the, you know, all those things, um, people can have hangups about this, but you know, fuck it is, it, it's so, it's so great to, to either use a toy on someone, have a toy used on you or just watch somebody, you know, uh, and see how they, how they pleasure themselves. It's, it's so hot. Mm-hmm. And so if you are using, you know, getting the partner to use something on you that you've maybe practiced with a bit yourself, like be patient with them if they don't seem to be getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not doing it right because they can't read your mind. Um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to need to practice together and you're going to need to give lots of feedback and you might need to get a bit bossy uh, to get them to understand. And and everyone's just going to have to practice like using their words and taking direction. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, you know, and, and also um, using it with a, with a partner means maybe not being as kind of goal focused as yes. you might be using it with yourself. Right. So yeah. it's like, okay, this feels good. This is, you know, so kind of, you know, enjoying the sexy sensation and the sexy environment and less about, you know, if you were pressing this, you know, in a different position and 40%, you know, harder then I would have an orgasm in one minute, you know, like just kind of being a, a bit more patient and, and open to the sexiness of the experience rather than, you know, getting it perfect. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, that can be something that is really important sort of anytime you're doing uh, <laughs> sexy stuff is, yeah, focusing on, you know, that moment and, and the the sensations and the experience as opposed to like, let's get off. But yeah, it can, it, yeah, you know, another another thing to to focus on sometimes in that environment is, is you know, the the voyeurism slash exhibitionism of mm-hmm. it, you know, so, you know, not just what's, what's going on with my genitals, but what's going on with, you know, with uh, the person's eyes and who's being watched and, and who's watching me. Yeah. And the breath and the, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've bought a toy for your partner without them asking you to, it might be awkward for them. Yes. Um, they might need some time to decide if they're into it. And they might have some feelings about the reason why you bought it for them. And you might just have all these really great intentions of just wanting to give them pleasure. But they might have some feels about that. Because, you know, we do live in a very sex-negative culture. And being open about our sexuality and, and open about what works and what doesn't is not something we're trained to do. Yeah, it's, um, it's really true. So, you know... And it doesn't really matter what their gender is as as far as what kind of hangups they're going to have, because we all just have a lot of hangups. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, every person is going to have a, a different kind of response. So, you know, if you've if you've got something for someone and they're just like, wow, huh, um, like they they just might need some time to to think about it and get used to it, and and not pressuring them to immediately perform for you with it is is something that's important. So. Yeah, especially if it's somebody you know has, you know, a history of, of you know, shame and hangups around it. That, mm-hmm. you know, just giving them a lot of, you know, space to, you know, enjoy it privately and, you know, without a lot of a lot of pressure or expectations. Mm-hmm. So some of our favorite things that we, you know, we talked about in the, the last episode about, uh, you know, getting things started for dates and play party situations can be offering to show someone a, a toy or demonstrate how it works. Um, you know, when we're on dates or when we're trying to get a play party going, it can be a really fantastic way to, to kick off the sexy times uh, to to do stuff like that. And it can also be a really fantastic thing if, you know, you want to have sexy times with a person or more than one person and partnered sex just isn't isn't on the menu for that for that night it can yep. be a fantastic way to just to like play with toys together and just be in each other's space and um have that experience without it having to be like someone's getting penetrated and well you know and it can also be sort of a fun way kind of maybe like after a lull in um is like you know hey like um would you be interested in this or you know hey i i you showed me this earlier you know and and so um toys can kind of be a fun kind of lower pressure Mm -hmm. second act of um you know of of a of an evening yeah and it can be fun kink scene you know tying someone up or or not or just having them have to keep themselves to themselves, you know, watch having them watch you use the toy on yourself without being allowed to touch you or touch themselves. Like it can be a great kind of power dynamic thing. So we we love getting to to show people toys and and getting to show um, you know, using toys on ourselves in front of people. It can be just super fun. Yeah, some sometimes it's like I, you know, I I wish it was okay to show some of this stuff to vanilla friends. It's like, Hey, check out this, you know, this cool stuff. Like, yeah. And, you know, and, and some people have, um, you know, who are kind of, um, uh, you know, I know Eric, yeah. Eric Moen who does, um, what's the name of her? Oh, joy sex toy. Oh, joy sex toy. Yeah, yeah. They just have this big hutch in their, their living room that is just like yeah. all the beautiful things. Cause yeah, like the, the enjoys are stunning and like, there's just so many beautiful toys that it would be really nice to actually have out on display. And, and I think, you know, the idea of encouraging people to ask questions and maybe just have better sex lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the, one of the common things that that comes up is um is sort of a feeling of shame of kneeling of needing toys to orgasm. And um and it's like, you know, this this is just the way your body works. And so you know, if if this is something you can integrate into your partnered sex, so it's not just you know um, something that that's sort of private and you have you know personal shame about. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I yeah, like be uh, be open to the idea of maybe maybe sharing that part of your sexuality with people. Yeah, yeah, and you're it's not a failure in any way to need to use a toy to orgasm. You know, I spent 
like more than 20 years of my life, like needing to use the, the magic wand to orgasm. And it was only a few, like three years ago that I started having orgasms in other ways. Yeah. And, you know, it, I did have a certain amount of shame that I was broken or whatever, that I could never have orgasms any other way. But eventually I accepted it and just worked with it. And, and that was great. And, and now I have orgasms in different ways, which is also great, but yeah, it's your body works how it works. Yeah. And, and there's often, you know, people who call in to advise things about like, Oh, I'm afraid that I've, like wrecked my body by using a vibrator all the time or you know my partner says that I've done that like I you know that it's wrong I should be able to just have an orgasm when when he puts his penis in me but you know it's it's like only 30% of women can actually have orgasms from penetrative sex you know and so 70% of people need clitoral stimulation when they're doing that and and so yeah it's it's so normal to need something else and whether that's just your fingers or whether you need to get the Hitachi in between the two of you while you're doing that like just give her if that's what you need well and and you know I'd also like to 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 point out that you did eventually unlock some other types of orgasms and sensation through solo play with toys and just experimenting yeah with no expectation, yeah. you know, and that's how I ended up having the squirting orgasms, you know, with the pure wand was just, I was just playing with this thing that was completely unlike any other toy I'd ever used and sploosh. Um, <laughs> so it, you know, I would have, would have been nice to have had more expectations. So I could have had some towels down, but um, <laughs> it, you know, it, that was just, that was sheer experimentation and it, it changed some things for me. So yeah, you can you can find like really n- new cool things that your body might do, you know. And if you're if you're a dude who's involved with someone who needs to use toys to orgasm, like you know, don't fucking shame that person. Yeah, yeah. Be you know be be good about it, and you know help help to do whatever whatever you can do to to support them in what they what they need for pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And if someone's doing that to you, like dump their ass <laughs> all right we have a review what somebody reviewed us yeah on itunes so we haven't just been shouting into the void no in fact we have two reviews so we'll read another one on a different time but um we'll read the latest review which is very exciting we love it when people give us reviews and this one had five stars so what we like those even more so we're officially a five-star podcast now. We are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so why don't you read the review for us? So this review was titled Encouraging. Very honest and helpful. I get a sense that they are relatable, fun people. I could see myself being friends with Cat and Flick. Oh, people like us. They do. I, I could see myself being friends with people who give us five-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. So thank you for listening. Please help boost our visibility by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It means a lot to us and helps us get into the ear holes of more listeners. Follow us on Twitter at Wet Coast Cat, at Sirius Flick, at On the Wet Coast. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash On the Wet Coast, and email us contact at onthewetcoast.com. 
You can read Kat's blog at onthewetcoast.com or on lifeontheswingset.com under the blog heading On the Wet Coast. You can hear a lot more of Kat and Flick by buying the audiobooks of Cooper Beckett's novels, A Life Less Monogamous and Approaching the Swingularity, available at coopersbeckett.com. Enter the code WETCOAST at checkout to save 10%, and also available at audible.com. And you can also buy Kat's book! Woo! That's right, you can buy it on Amazon. Yep. Um, and a few other places and pretty soon the paperback back is going to be out and it might actually be out by the time this podcast comes out but uh, very exciting yelling in pasties the wet coast confessions of an anxious slut so you can check that out and check out other awesome sex positive podcasts on the Swingset network at swingset.fm it's over Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Savage Lovecast and Savage Love, and you're listening to a Swing Set podcast at Swing Set FM. On this episode of On the Wet Coast, Cat Stark and myself. Nope, I'm Cat Stark. Hey. <laughs> Apparently, you were going to read this intro. <laughs>